Well, yesterday we had in uh, Bethany Hallam, who is a county council at large candidate. Today we have the woman who's trying to, I guess, restore common sense. Yeah, restore common <laughs> sense. There you go. I was going to say, I was trying to figure out a way to say take her seat away or win uh, her opponent in this race, uh, Joanna Dovin. Now, um, you. Uh, Got into this race, what, about two months ago now, three months ago, two and a half months ago? Ironically, January 6th, the day, you know, that <laughs> January the day 6th. our capital was under attack. Yes, yeah, so January 6th, so three months ago. Yeah, it's been, it feels like three years. Right. Um, and I guess, you know, the question I would ask is, I mean, how have you found this campaign go? I mean, have you, have you, uh, you know, I'm assuming you've gotten out and around the county and stuff. Have you uh, feel like you've made some traction in the areas and people, you know, people are starting to get to know who you are? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, there's, there's yard signs and, and yards of, of people who I don't even know who they are. So, you know, you have volunteers that grab 20 signs and they tell 20 friends and, before you know it, we're blanketing the county with 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 Dovin, and so then you you learn more about me. You go to my website and you see that I'm, you know, I'm a good Democrat that's about common sense solutions and re like restoring our county back to, you know, solving real issues, right? Yes, and solving. Yeah, that's always a novel concept. I always say I I you know, I'm not a right wing. I'm not left wing. I'm common sense wing. Right. And so right. any politician that basically wants to actually offer solutions to problems that actually exist, I'm all for. So when you say, so, you know, solutions, what are, what, you know, like what, like what would you say is right now a big problem facing the county? There's a lot. <laughs> let's, let's first talk about downtown because what is happening downtown now is going to impact every single property owner and really every individual in our county. Because what we're seeing is the vacating of downtown, right? Yes. Uh, whether you're a nonprofit school that can't attract students anymore and you're going to have to downsize on your property and get your properties reassessed, whether you're a PNC bank and you once had 12,000 employees coming downtown and now you have 5,000 employees coming downtown, we're seeing downtown be vacated. And here's why. Open-air drug traffic, trafficking, right? Step one, how to clean up downtown. You do not make it easy for people who want to do drugs to do drugs. If you go downtown at like 6 p.m., the Smithfield Street Church where there's, you know, they, they feed the homeless people, what you see is this. You see a line of people going into the, into the shelter, and you see drug dealers holding carts of drugs to hand people to use. And you see ambulances across the street ready to take care of people who overdose. How on earth are we allowing open-air drug trafficking downtown? If you get rid of the drugs, the homeless people will leave. It is that simple. That's what we did when I worked for the mayor. In 2009, we had the G20 Economic Summit, right? We had, a safe, we had the safest year on record in 2009. Historic crime lows. We weren't mean to people. We weren't too aggressive. We just had boundaries. We said, here's the boundary. You come downtown and you deal drugs downtown, you're going to jail. It's not, it's not rocket science. No, it's not. Well, it's interesting because your opponent had a very different approach, uh, but we're going to talk about that in a minute here. Well, I think, uh, you know, uh, we're here we're with Joanna Dovin for the next hour. Joanna, I think the, the biggest thing to me uh, is that we have, um, and I, you know, this is something I've asked every politician that's come through here. We, I see, I read these, uh, read these story, uh, 
that we have 50,000 less jobs in the county. 50,000 jobs have left the county over the last five years. Um, that's something to me. And, and part of it is what you're talking about, though. I think, you know, people pulling out of the city, obviously, that, that would be county jobs. I think I see some obstacles thrown up by the city to people bring biz, bringing business in. Um, what are your thoughts on 50,000 jobs leaving the county and, and what, you know, how you can sort of reverse mm-hmm. that. So so let's let's get down to the the facts first. So over the past 5 years we've lost 50,000 jobs. But do you know that today in our region there's 42,000 open jobs. 42,000. So the the real story is that while we've lost jobs, we've actually lost our labor workforce. 12.5% of people in our region dropped out of the workforce during COVID. Whether it was they became caregivers and changed their lifestyle or whether it was, you know, mental health challenges that, you know, brought them to to leave their jobs. We need workers here. We need people to answer the call, step up and work. And you know, it's healthcare. I mean, most of these jobs that are available are are in healthcare. The other jobs are in things like, you know, transportation industries, trucking. Do you know that the, the, the PRT, the Pittsburgh Regional Transit, they can't find bus drivers right now. That used to be a job that people would apply for and wait on a list for five years. Yeah. So if, I mean, that's what's so incredible that today in Pittsburgh, if you want to be something and do something and grow wealth and, and, and have a better life for your family, you can do it. Yeah. But the, the biggest thing is where are all these people at? That's and how do we get them back working? That's probably not a that's probably not on politicians to solve that issue, but the you know, the larger issue to me is where are all these people at? You know, we're, we're and and because if they're not working, they're not paying taxes, and if they're not paying right. taxes, that's that's not good for the right. county. You're right; it's the domino effect, right? Yeah. Like so, we talked about downtown, and just to tie that one with a bow, so the domino effect of of people leaving downtown, whether you're a nonprofit or a corporation is that these property owners are going to reassess the buildings and there's going to be a big gap in commercial property tax revenue in the heartbeat of our region. What happens then? The revenue coming to the county goes way down. Who pays for it? <laughs> Who pays for it? I guess we do. Right? Taxpayers. And what if you're a senior citizen on a fixed income? Right. And you can't afford that property tax hike. I mean, those are the challenges that when I become county council person, if I'm so lucky to receive the majority vote, that we have to tackle. So so back to uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking, well, as I said, we were talking about the tax jobs. base. Right. And jobs. jobs and the fact that people are working. I mean, people, if, if there's 42,000 jobs that are sitting unused or un, what are, where are all these people at? So and, it is. And, and, and why, the other part of it is, <laughs> does that, why do we have all these other issues with people that, you know, are apparently poor and need money you're and totally this and that right, and the other thing. I mean, I, don't they tie together at some point? You're totally right. Look, and what local leaders should do is find real solutions for these real problems, not just say, hey, there's a problem and scream about it. Okay, so what is the real solution? What we know is that today's worker has different needs and expectations. So we know that employers have to meet people where they are. For example, Partner for Work, who is the region's workforce development board, they get millions of dollars in federal and state funding to connect people to jobs and jobs to people. What, what they say is that employers have to do a better job of, for example, if you're 
it used to be if you had an apprenticeship, you you did it and you didn't take a pay for it. You you sort of rolled your sleeves up and you lived poor for you know a year. Mm-hmm. Now you have to pay people while they're learning, right? Right. And that's what our our labor our trade unions are doing. That's what AHN and UPMC is doing now. So it's sort of changing. The employer has to adapt to the worker now, and that won't happen overnight. Um, it's interesting. Um, your opponent, which by the way, do you, do you say her name? Cause she says she doesn't say your I'm, name. I'm, I mean, I can, if you want me to listen, <laughs> I'm just, I'm a very, I'm a, I'm a very mature adult. Right. But anyway, she says, I, I don't, uh, I don't use her name ever. She says, so, I mean, I didn't know if it was we're, a listen, thing. We're very different. I we just said, I, I didn't know if it was a thing or, 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 you know, it was just, I mean, know. let's look at our experience, right? I I agree. My point, but my point is, I was just kind of making a joke because yeah. it's you know it's gotten a little bit uh, it's gotten a little bit uh, chippy so at times between you and her. So I just well, you know. But anyway, that's hey, that's that's politics. It is what it is. Um, and I always say this: you two would actually like each other if you were friends. If I if, if I entered if I if you and I and her Listen, sat down, I think I think she'd make a great activist, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway. Uh, the whole idea of uh, now I lost my train. I thought I was going to ask you. Know, getting people back to work. Right, but there was something else. Oh, I know what it is. We're going to talk about paying this. Paying ne- inmates fifteen dollars an hour at the jail. Yeah, let's no, let's not do that. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's not pay inmates. Uh, I was going to ask you about this. You know, I guess I would call it attack. I guess it's city led, but cheered on by some in the county uh, 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 of UPMC and some of these other. Uh, uh, non-profit. So we're going to talk about that next. So anyway, one of the biggest, we've got Joanna Dova in here. She's uh, uh, in a uh, Experienced campaign. professional. She's, yes, an experienced, <laughs> what you like to call yourself an adult, right? An experienced uh, adult. Um, the uh, You're in the county council race against Bethany Hallam for county at large seat. Um, and, you know, one of the things that has really been under fire you know, starting with the Ganey administration, but cheered on by uh, the progressives around the county, is this idea that UPMC uh, is the enemy and needs to pay taxes and needs to pay its fair share. Now, the last time you were here, we we talked about this. There probably are ways to get UPMC to pay, but um, my thing is... (laughs) making them the enemy, trying to force them into a union situation that they don't want, and then now trying to take them to court for for taxes, probably is not going to uh, uh, fester a lot of goodwill. You know, a lot of it is identity politics, right? Um, These these politicians, they do polling, right? Right. And and they know that UPMC is a hot-button issue that gets people to pay attention. Um, Look, I worked for the mayor for seven years, 2006 to 2013, uh, we we sued UPMC, right? We right. tried to get them to pay taxes, and guess what happened? We sat in court, right? We cost taxpayers thousands of dollars to pay for lawyers to pay for the suit, and we got nowhere. We can't control federal and state law that says these are our nonprofits. They meet the certain threshold. We can't change that. What we can do is find real solutions and work together. So we have things like the Pittsburgh Promise. $100 million was invested by UPMC to give kids free college education, kids who never thought about going to school. It was a moonshot because they came from poverty, right? So so the question really is, 
what is the next partnership that we can form with UPMC that helps to advance our region, right? I think that could look like for sale affordable home ownership, workforce housing. How do you really build wealth? How do you really lift people up? Home ownership, right? No, there's no question about it. I mean, I, like I said, I just I think that there's got to be solutions. We got UPMC is your biggest employer, basically your largest employer. But I mean, if not if not number one, number number one or two in the county, obviously. Um, and 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 you've got Allegheny Health, and you've got you know Carlo, and you've got you know Chatham and Pitt, and all these. But you got to figure out a way to do it so that they're your partners, right? That that's that's my biggest pet peeve is make them your partner. And they probably will do things like you're saying in terms of, you know, uh, giving money back. Right. It's pragmatic leadership versus this idealistic leadership, which doesn't move the ball forward. We get stuck again. We're going to be stuck in another lawsuit, the city is. And who is going to pay for it? Taxpayers. Right. They're probably going to lose, too, right? I mean, the city's uh, you, state law and, and federal law is what it is, right? I mean, it's amazing the that, that eye center that UPMC opened up, right? Hundreds of millions of dollars in this new building that's literally going to cure blindness, right? Give people the ability to see. And the mayor doesn't show up. I mean, yeah. you're taking it a little far, I think. And that's, the, you know, the whole Andy Sheehan story that I'm sure you saw, Paul, where he exposed the fact that, you know, the SEIU through an independent expenditure really is how Mayor Ganey won the election. About, God, it was $300,000 plus that was given, you know, that was spent to get him elected at the very end, mm-hmm. right, where he beat Bill Peduto. And, you know, the reality is we can't allow any single entity to run a mayoral administration. You, you have to have a big perspective. I mean, that's why a year and a half later we just have a police chief now. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, the biggest thing is the uh, the, the, the union. The, 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 that tells you everything you need to know about who this mayor is beholden to. Because it's not just the union. It's some of these progressive groups. It's some of these community groups. It's they all got him elected, and you know what the problem he has. And here's here's my biggest problem with our mayor. If we you know get off topic mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. but here's my biggest problem with our, our mayor. Once you win the election, you have to be a leader. You yep. have to be a leader, Bring and that in. means mm-hmm. make tough choices. That means basically be able to say no to some of the people that even helped you get there, and say no, that's not what's best right. for the greater good. Right. But he can't do that. That's what, his biggest you're, problem. You're totally right. It's, what rub, rubs people the wrong way, what rubs voters the wrong way, and I'm out there talking to people. It is not that he's going after UPMC, right? It's that it seems that's all he's doing. If if he was keeping our streets clean and safe growing development, growing union jobs, growing our workforce, and he was also going after UPMC, that's more palatable. But the former isn't happening, right? We're, we're losing our downtown. Right. And that's a, that's a big, big problem. Uh, so anyway, uh, we've got uh, traffic and then we've got more with Joanna Dovin. Joanna, uh, you obviously have had some <laughs> controversial statements about your opponent. Have you had any blowback? I don't know if they're controversial, but you, you know, basically said what you, you was on your mind about her. And um, you, you, have you had any, re, you know, feedback about that? Have people, you know, uh, 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 sort of pushed back because they felt you were too negative? Or I mean, look, I mean, I, I think there, there's a lot of people out there that felt that what I had to say about my opponent's significant criminal history uh, was refreshing. I mean, let's talk about facts. 
let's not be afraid to tell it like it is. Um, look, I'm a I'm a Democrat with some progressive issues mm-hmm. and some moderate issues, like like you on back to basics, on public safety, on economic development, on job growth, but I'm progressive on social issues. And you know, people say, hey, you know, you you attacked your opponent for her for her drug history. My response is this: Don't you want to know that the incumbent has had 21 criminal convictions? Don't you want to know that the incumbent currently is not in recovery? Don't you want to know that the incumbent has taken votes that just make no sense? Because ultimately, I am running because I feel like somebody should be fired from their job, right? I'm not running to to say, hey, you know, uh, you know, I just want this power. I don't want the power. I don't even. Look, I wish there was somebody capable in that job so that I didn't have to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm a single mom with three kids. I run a small business. I've lost a lot of my time, right? But it's worth it because our county needs somebody to fight for it. Well, and I think the other part of it is, you know, um, looking at the polling, we we could have a very progressive county exec, and that would mean that, you know, like you were talking about before, you Maybe we need people to, to counterbalance that. Well, I think it's healthy in local government to have counterbalance. So when I worked for the mayor, right, we, you know, Lou Gravenstahl, we had people on city council, you know, Bill Peduto, Doug Shields, people who wanted to be the mayor. And so there was a constant uh, check and balance. You know, there was a constant push pull and it it elevated uh, government in many ways because you you had to work really hard or else you were going to get attacked, right? Right now, with our city mayoral administration, there's nobody on council that wants to be mayor. There's nobody really questioning the mayor for, for example, the exorbitant building permitting fees that have put development at a complete halt and have stopped job growth, right? No one's saying anything. So what if we have the same situation happening in county government where we have a, a you know, if, if Sarah wins, right, and Bethany, you know, her, pile, her pal is the county council leader, and no one's no one's really, you know, asking questions. I will ask the tough questions. I'm not going to be somebody who's divisive just for the sake of being divisive, right? Right. But, you know, let's find real solutions. Do you think there's some of that that goes on in county council where people are just sort of divisive for being the sake of being divisive? Look, I in many ways when you follow my opponent's history on county council, it's almost as if she traded one drug for another drug and that was attention. Right. That was a political attention uh, because facts just don't seem to matter. And let's just attack the county executive and 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 energize a base for the sake of getting attention, not for the sake of actually progressing county government. Well, uh, you've talked. There's a mouthful right there. uh, You caught me off guard with that. Um, uh, Now, uh, The um, some of the things that you've talked about, you you know, you want to do. I mean, because I think this has been a big part of your campaign is with mental health issues, uh, with people with mental health issues, finding support for people with mental health issues is one. Um, I think, you know, uh, housing and and solving some of the housing issues is another one. But your your mental health, um, uh, your mental health ideas, I think, are. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that. Look, real Democrat, real solutions. That's what that's what I am. And it's amazing to me that my opponent has not talked about mental health or advanced any legislation for mental health because the county's budget is about $3 billion, and $1 billion of that goes in the Health and Human Services Department to advance mental health. 
So you, you hear people talking about this crisis we have with mental health, and we do, but no one's talking about the solution. Let me tell you one solution. It's mental health first aid training. The county has a program right now that it has paid for where there's a curriculum. It's an eight-hour program that that trains people on how to be a mental health first aid counselor, right? You can train teens to do this. You can train adults to do this. And and there's been thousands of people trained so far, right? It's free. Let's roll it out to every single school. Teach kids not to be afraid to talk about their mental health. Teach kids how to look for problems their friends are having so that we prevent teen suicide. Look, suicide is now the second leading cause of death among teens. It used to be number 12, okay? Secondly, we have to figure out the workforce problem with, with in the behavioral health area. We do not have, you know, countywide, we do not have enough behavioral health workers to match the problem that we have, right? So the county should be partnering with CCAC, with Pitt, name the institution, and creating a behavioral health certificate apprenticeship program to get people energized to work in this field. We need more people in the field. And look, other counties are doing this in other states. I will advance that as well. I think that's something that's really actually important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I hear all the time, and you know, I've shared my story. I've, I've battled depression my entire life, so I'm very well versed in the mental health uh, arena. It's very hard to yeah. get seen. Oh God, yeah. And when I actually went through my crisis, I couldn't like the the it was literally like six months out was the first appointment I could get. I literally had to call basically 911. You know, not 911, yeah. but basically the emergency, you know, health, yeah. mental health line uh, and sort of, I don't want to say embellish, but sort of embellish how right. bad I was because I needed to, to get, get to seen. be seen. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's the whole point. It's one of those right. situations where it shouldn't be like that. So let me ask, what if we rethink the system? So we're not going to be able to bring the amount of psychologists or mental health workers online in the next 18 months that we need. What if we had a program where in every neighborhood there was something called a mental health angel, right? Sometimes people just need to talk to somebody and they need to not be isolated. There's there's ways to rethink this to mm-hmm. to help people and that's what I want to do. Yeah, I mean I think that's a, that's a very no way that's a you know, that's a mm-hmm. very much a, a needed thing in this county like 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 we talked about uh, solutions to problems that actually real exist. solutions, right? You know what I mean. That's <laughs> that's what I that's all I ask from politicians. Honestly, you know, offer me a solution to a problem that actually exists. That's a problem that actually exists. Joanna Dobin with us, and of course Virginia has been very patient on hold. Uh, Virginia, uh, say hello to jo- Joanna. Do you got a question or a comment? Um, no, I just want to applaud Joanne Dobin. I think she's a very good candidate. She's very sophisticated, and I'm 100% with her. We should not be suing UPMC and the University of Pittsburgh, our major, major workers in the area. I mean, Pennsylvania, they're job generators. Mm. You know, for the city to put so much cost into suing them, and even if they prevail, it will come down to higher patient costs, higher tuition, Mm. They'll stream it down to us, you know, mm-hmm. if the city prevails. And I think this radical left, like your opponent, Joanne, is not good. This is not good for Allegheny County to have radical 
um, leftist Democrats. It's too far. It's too extreme. We need a good economy rolling in Allegheny County. Mm. We don't need we don't need ideologues. We need pragmatic people. And I am also <laughs> supporting John Weinstein because he is a another great leader. He's running against the, his yes. opponent, who is an extreme leftist. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. We get thanks, the, we get the flavor of that. Yeah. We get the flavor of that. Obviously, Virginia is in your corner. I'm sure most people that feel like her, right? Those are the people that you 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 you're going to try to appeal to. Or you know, people- even I gotta say, Paul, though, even some of these so-called far left progressives have reached out. You know, they they understand that that the issues, the practical issues that county like this seat should be solving, are not being solved. Uh, and and they're looking for somebody who who's going to get things done, and and not be look they, they're embarrassed like they supported Bethany and then they see you know Prickgate and can I let us say that what, uh, is, what is that Prickgate oh, and she, yeah, she yeah. called Elliot Housie a foul a foul name <laughs> twice right. and yeah. you know the censuring and all that and they're you know they're they're embarrassed they just they just they, they want to feel proud of their elected official and 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 they're they're turning their support for me <laughs> all right. Um... The um, again, you caught me off guard here with that. Uh, anyway, let's talk a little bit about uh, jobs and more importantly, business. Yeah. What is your idea of being able to bring business to Allegheny County, and and and, and you know, what do you think are some of the things that are hindering business from coming here? I mean, what are you know what I'm saying? What are the obstacles? Why why are, why are we losing jobs and things of the such? I, obviously, we're losing people, but are there things that we can do as a county government to start to encourage business to come here? Like, for instance, the big plant that's in, that just is in Westmoreland County, right? It's just another one that's being built right up here in Beaver County, right? How do we get those businesses to come a little bit further? And, and come to Allegheny County. So so businesses of all sizes, small, medium, and large, they want three things, okay? They want to know that there's a workforce that they can draw from, okay? Yes. They want to know that where they're going to be located is safe and clean. And last but not least, they they want to make sure that their investment makes sense, right? That they're they're, they're going to be able to do business here affordably. All of those things the county government can help with. The first, when it comes to workforce, we have a workforce investment board whose job it is to connect people to jobs and jobs to people. You you don't really hear county council uh, talking about that board much or getting involved with it. Um, you know, in this rule, we should be bringing foundations together, corporations together, state senators together, you know, even our federal leaders and in, in solving problems, working together, second safe and clean. I feel I feel like I'm gonna go crazy soon if I keep saying the most obvious thing that I keep saying and people still like you know look the other way. Get rid of the open air drug trafficking downtown. We did that when I worked for the mayor, right? We did that. We had plain clothes detectives with the DA's office collaborate with our police. And if you dealt drugs in Market Square or anywhere downtown, you went to jail. And eventually, third, fourth, fifth time, you stopped coming downtown. And then most most of the unhoused people downtown, most they we all know this, most of them, and you can talk to the police officers, most of them use heroin, right? They are, they're addicted to drugs. 
don't make it easy to do drugs. We will clean it up like that, right? Why do you think there's such a resistance to that common sense solution? Because you hear, you know, I talk to police officers all the time. They feel like they're handcuffed. They're not allowed to do anything anymore. They're not really allowed to do what you're talking about. They're not allowed to engage with that. Because for some reason, we've conflated having boundaries in society with being Republican. Right? <laughs> or, or having boundaries with, with being lacking compassion. Right. What about compassion for the small business owner downtown that has a second mortgage on their home just to do the small business that is closing down? Where's that compassion? Yeah. And you're somebody, listen, you're somebody also that probably appeals to a lot of people because you're a mother. So yeah. you understand safety, not just downtown, but in your neighborhoods and at schools and things of the such. Safety is such an important, right? I mean, as a mother, you want you know your kids are going to be safe. That's probably why it's such high, a high on your priority That's why I'm list. running. If I didn't have kids, I wouldn't be running because I, I don't think I would be motivated enough, right? And the thing that's so ironic is, my kids, right, in school, if they did something wrong, right, if they talked back to a teacher, if they bullied a kid, I want to make sure there's consequences because I raise them with boundaries. If they don't have boundaries, they don't thrive. Yet in our actual society, we pretend like people, you know, should not have boundaries. And that's and that is why downtown is failing. And 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 that's the problem. Well, I mean, I think that's <laughs> You might, you could just probably come over here and sit in this chair and do this show every single day because I say that about once a day. I mean, that's, you know, the bottom line is it's very simple. We've, we've, we've lost our way. We've, we've lost our damn minds. I think one of the biggest things that I, I say, I use this phrase a lot, we've somehow turned it where the good guys are the bad guys now and the bad guys are the good guys the inmates now. Inmates are, are running the asylum. You know, exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. You well, know, and let me say one more thing. Like in, in the black communities where, where I visited, right, and, you know, I live pretty close to Homewood, by and large, the people in the communities where there's the highest crime, what do you think they want? They want public safety. Right. There's no question about it. Joanna, it's been a wonderful hour. It's flown by. Always, time always flies <laughs> when we're it having has. fun. And uh, Thank you for having me. Of course. And good luck. Uh, you've got about, what, 14 days now? I'll uh, invite you to the victory party. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll be there as long as they have, uh, you know, Coors Light or something. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm easy. Just bribe me with some beer. <laughs> Joanna Dovin, uh, County Council at Large, uh, May 16th is the primary. It's uh, her against Bethany Hallam. And, Get out uh, and vote and tell your friends. That's, we'll see how it goes.